This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is album three, track one. Welcome to album three of the 10-Minute Health BizCast. The best way to understand where we are is to understand where we've been. To step outside of healthcare for a moment, I was always taught in college that it's impossible to understand Russia without understanding the path of destruction left by the Mongols who swept in from the East in the 13th century. That makes a lot of sense now when I watch the news about Russian activity in the Crimea and Ukraine and Russian control over buffer zones like Central Asia. Likewise, you can't understand modern healthcare in the U.S. without understanding what happened before and how we got here. Fortunately, it's a story of human flourishing, and while very imperfect, of accelerating success. This is our focus on album three, catching lightning, grasping the trend lines in U.S. healthcare. We're going to focus on how current trends are not isolated events. Instead, we're standing at a point in history that's very much a product of its past. And I believe this point in history is part of an arc, an arc that bends toward creating the vibrant economy that discovers the best healthcare solutions in the world. Why do I believe that? In the U.S., we tend to believe that competition leads to the most efficient outcomes. This means efficient and innovative. It doesn't mean evenly distributed. Competition is efficient. It also creates winners and losers because the process is creative destruction. In healthcare, the first world often laughs at us when it comes to competition between U.S. healthcare providers because we tend to have large gaps and disparities among our citizens. This is a real problem. But all countries in the first world have their own problems too, as we'll discuss on this album. They're just different problems. The fundamental American principle of competition is not going to change regardless of who is in office and regardless of what generation, from millennials to baby boomers, is running our country. And it shouldn't. We need to use competition to become remarkably more efficient and innovative at healthcare. And while we're doing that, we need to fix the distribution of healthcare so we reach all of our citizens. Here's the takeaway. Competition and distribution will be parallel trends for the next 20 years of healthcare in the U.S. We believe in the petri dish of democracy, that by letting states and municipalities try different solutions, we can find better ways to do healthcare, and then we can roll those out more broadly. Competition and local experimentation are going to be the foundations for creating better healthcare services, better patient outcomes, and better patient experiences. And then we're going to deliver these healthcare advances around the world. At the same time, we have a distribution problem, and we're going to continue to work to fix it. Anticipate that we're going to create a better safety net for healthcare that takes care of everyone because this helps economic productivity, less days lost to sickness, and it lowers the cost of healthcare. The sickest people in our society are the biggest cost in our healthcare system, and they're also those who are suffering the most. We're moving to well care and prevention. If you've got a scalable well care model, you're in the right place to create a highly successful business and change American healthcare at the same time. And sick care is not going anywhere. 
We've got lots of sickness across a population of 330 million, and we have an aging population. Health problems are more prevalent the older we get until one of our conditions eventually does us in. So, if you've got a better way to provide sick care that helps people and that improves their experience, you're also in the right place to create a highly successful business and change healthcare. Here are our topics for this album. And we're going to break our discussion into these pieces. First, the two dilemmas of all healthcare systems. Next, understanding the history of U.S. healthcare. Next, the foundations of fixing U.S. healthcare. And finally, predicting the winners that will fix U.S. healthcare. Most of these will take more than 10 minutes. Uh, you guessed that already. So anticipate several tracks on each. I want to talk about vocabulary for a minute. On this album, we'll talk about patients, providers, and payers. So we want to define what this means. Patients, well, that's self-explanatory. Anyone that needs healthcare services, whether they're insured, uninsured, young or old. Providers are doctors, nurses, hospitals, and nursing homes. Everyone who provides a healthcare service. I've just named the four traditional providers. There are lots of other providers that are also very important and often overlooked in discussions from a traditional healthcare perspective. Therapists, nurse assistants, diagnostic centers, assisted living, behavioral and psychiatric care, counselors and social workers, nutritionists, you get the point. These are just a few. There are hundreds of types of providers and there are hundreds of thousands of providers in the US. Payers are the insurance companies and the government programs that pay providers for caring for patients. For example, Medicare and Medicaid are together the largest payer for healthcare services. They comprise about 37% of all healthcare spending in the U.S. and cover about the same percentage of the population. Insurance companies like Aetna, Cigna, United, and Blue Cross are private insurance company payers. Private insurers covered about 69% of the U.S. population, but they paid only about 31% of all healthcare expenses in the U.S., so they cover a much larger percentage of the population than Medicare and Medicaid, but they pay less in expenses. There are a number of reasons for this, especially the relative health and younger age of the privately insured versus those covered by government programs. As we'll talk about later, Payers provide most of their insurance through employers in the U.S. because of a historical accident. When it comes to payers, we'll either call them payers or sometimes we'll refer to them as insurers. In future albums, we'll continue to be joined by guests who will talk through specific ways that we're succeeding in healthcare in the U.S. and specific ways that we can make healthcare better. Those will often be microeconomic examples of improving U.S. healthcare, like Will Patterson of CareRev, whose business is changing nurse staffing for the better, or Maria Schneider of DinoFit, whose sensor is opening up physical therapy to make it practical for a 90% untapped market. Both are guests from album two. This album, album three, is a macroeconomic look at U.S. healthcare, and I'll be the guide rather than the interviewer. We'll be discussing paradigms to understand the healthcare system and its trend lines. 
Album three will help to set up a framework for all the future interviews that follow, as well as setting out the grid for the interviews that precede it on albums one and two. So come join us on our weekly exploration on album three, Catching Lightning, Grasping the Trend Lines of U.S. Healthcare. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee.